Welcome to the Life Church of Kansas City podcast. Please consider following, sharing, and supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com. May you be blessed by the Word of God. Tonight I want to minister the subject, God's Word Speaks Volumes. God's Word, it just speaks volumes. And uh, because we're specifically talking about the Word of the Lord, I want to look at several passages of Scripture as you remain seated. Looking first in the book of Psalm, Psalm 62, Psalms number 62, reading from the New King James Version, Psalm 62, verses 11 and 12. The Bible says, God has spoken once. Twice have I heard this. The power belongs to God. Also to you, O Lord, belongs mercy. For you render to each one according to his work. And some the psalmist says, God spoke once, but I heard two things. On over to uh, the book of Jeremiah, chapter number 23. Jeremiah, chapter number 23. Again, reading at verse number 29, if you're the type of person that likes to create your own chain reference in your Bible, these would be good verses to link up with each other. (laughs) Amen. Some people still do that. That's a great way to study and be informed of your Bible. The Lord says through the prophet Jeremiah, Is not my word like a fire, says the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock into pieces. On over to the Gospel of John, chapter number 21 and verse number 25. And I got a lot of coffee stains in this Bible. Good grief. (laughs) Not that I'm a slob. I just happened to study real early some mornings. (laughs) Get excited. That Holy Ghost moves. John 21 and verse number 25 And there are also many other things that Jesus did, which if they were written one by one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. Amen. Let's look at a few more here. On over to 2 Timothy, the book of 2 Timothy, chapter number 3, and verses 16 through 17. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. On over to the book of Hebrews, chapter number 4, and verse number 12. For the word of God is living and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and as a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Amen. Staying in Hebrews chapter number 10, and verse number 7. Then I said, Behold, I have come, in the volume of the book it is written of me, to do your will, O God. 
Finally, Hebrews 11 and verse number 3. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of the things which are visible. Amen. God's word speaks volumes. God's word speaks volumes. It really does. This phrase, speaking volumes, I do hear people say it, not so much from the younger generation, but people, I guess, from my old generation, that whenever somebody writes you a nice card, compliments you on your birthday, maybe does something nice for you around Thanksgiving or Christmas, a common way to express your appreciation and how meaningful it was is you say, that spoke volumes to me. That meant volumes to me. It's kind of our own way of just saying that there are so many things that I could say about what you did for me, I couldn't even begin to even start. In other words, one small act of somebody's kindness spoke and ministered to so many things in somebody's life. I've seen this happen in church. I'll go up and shake somebody's hand and just say, it's going to be all right. And that person will just squeeze my hand extra hard and they will say, thank you, thank you. And I'm like, well, I was just trying to be a little bit of encouragement, but I guess that means more to you. And they say, you have no idea what I'm going through. And I realize that little phrase, it's going to be all right, speaks to maybe the situation they're facing at work or in their family or in their personal life or something like that. One little small phrase spoke to so many aspects of their life. You and I do this for people. People do this for us. And from my understanding of the word of God, the Lord does the same thing. No matter if it is from the scriptures, no matter if it's being preached from this pulpit, or whether it is a prophecy. Anytime God speaks from the Bible, the preaching, something prophetic, a dream, a vision, a tongue, an interpretation, whatever. Anything from God, it is always deep. His word is always so immense. It is always so vast, and it is like a set of volumes. When God speaks, it's like a library of good things will unfold right before you. A large collection will be produced in front of you. God's word, it is the most meaningful, it is the most loving thing, it is the most kind thing, it is the most clear word that ye will ever have, amen, in your life. That's why we sing that song, amen. Jesus, I will never forget what you have done for me. Jesus, I will never forget how you set me free. Later on in that song, it says, he's done so much for me that I cannot even tell it all. And I feel a witness of the Holy Ghost here tonight that there are some people, you know what I'm talking about. God's word produced volumes in your life. One word changed your life forevermore. Not only back then, here and now, and yes, the future. God's word has been a guiding light to you. It, amen, it picked you up from the low place and set your feet on a solid rock. And the word of God is still being fulfilled in your life. Amen. Is anybody thankful for the volumes, amen, that God's word has done in your life? Praise God. Oh, his word is so special. His word is so awesome. His word brings so much energy. The Bible says, as we read in our opening scriptures in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3, that the whole world, the worlds, are framed by God's spoken word. 
Referring to Genesis chapter 1, God spoke light into existence. God spoke the atmosphere into existence. God spoke and dry land came out of the water there at that time. That is the power of God's spoken word. That is the foundation and the framing of this universe. That is the missing thing that a lot of scientists are waiting to discover And they won't discover it until they follow the apostolic faith. That the thing that holds this earth together, the sun, the moon, the stars, the luminaries, everything, it's held together by Almighty God's Word. It is His Word that's keeping all of creation going. It is His spoken Word, just that one Word that God spoke on all of those days. The volumes of it even exist to this day. Amen. And I don't know about you, but the things that have been going on in the last two years, it's good to know, amen, that God's word is still holding, amen, this world together. And it's by his word, amen, that everything is going to come to pass. Praise the Lord. Everything is being shaken right now in this world. If anything can be shaken, it is being shaken. But anything that can remain, it's going to remain And the reason it can remain is because it is things that is bound and locked up and on a solid foundation of the word of almighty God. This world, after God created it, everything, he looked down at it and said, it is good. Oh, it is so good. It's good. It's good. It's good. That is the foundation of creation. It is the spoken good word of God. That's why it's not all going to fall apart because the Lord wants to fulfill his promise and that everything in this world is good. That's why it's good because we serve a good God and a good Jesus and we have his good news to obey. Amen. That his goodness and his mercy may follow us all the days of our life. Can you say praise the Lord? Amen. The foundation of this world, the gospel can even be seen in it. The good news of the Lord Jesus Christ, the world that God spoke into existence. It all began in darkness, and God speaks, His word speaks, and a light comes, and then land appears out of the water. You can see this very typology even in the baptism of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus comes down into the water, and He says to John, and John doesn't even want to baptize Him, He doesn't feel like He's worthy enough to baptize Him. And Jesus says, for it to fulfill righteousness, meaning in order for me to have righteousness applied to my life, to be labeled righteousness, I have got to be baptized. It's how Jesus began his ministry. And it's how you and I begin our walk with God. Amen. You've got to be baptized and you've got to be baptized correctly. Amen. In Jesus' name. And he comes up out of the water. And what happens? A voice from heaven descends upon him and the sky opens up and the light of heaven shines down on him. Just like in Genesis 1. And what happens to you and I when we, hey man, come to the Lord? You and I, our lives were bound by darkness. Sin covered our life. The light of God was not there. But then a light came shining and that was the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ from his word and somebody with a testimony. And you and I were put under the water and you and I came up out of that 
water, just like dry land coming up out of the water. And then some people, it happens in the tank, some of them in the altar, some of them in their car, some of them in the grocery store or at home or whatever. A heavenly voice comes out of you from heaven. Amen. That's the goodness of God. Amen. That speaks volumes into our lives. Praise the Lord. Oh, his word speaks volumes. Amen. Amen. The works of God that he's doing. Amen. There is no end to it. John closes his gospel by saying, if we started writing one by one the things that Jesus has done, the whole world couldn't even contain those books. The earth would become one vast library. It would become nothing but rows and rows and rows of volumes of volumes of volumes of the works of God. That's because one thing from God does a million things. It speaks so many volumes, praise the Lord. And I would like to think that when we get into heaven, amen, the Lord will unfold and show us exactly everything, all things that he has done. Praise the Lord. We read it in Hebrews chapter number 10 and verse number 7. It's actually a quotation from Psalm 40. That Jesus came to fulfill the word that was written of him in a volume. This Bible is a Jesus book from beginning to end. It's all about Jesus. It's always been about Jesus. And I'm so thankful that the God of this book is right here in, our, right in this room speaking volumes into our soul. Amen. I know some of you do. You practice the hobby of journaling. I do. I remember uh, starting it when I was uh, in my uh, late teens, early 20s, and I started it because there, there was just a lot of changes happening in my life, and I found out that a journal was probably the safest place to vent in your life because your, bro- your book that you're writing in your journal, it'll never argue back. <laughs> it'll never try to correct you, and it'll never try to give you advice. You know what it does? It just listens to you. And I've just found sometimes if you want to get something out of you and have it quit bothering you and let it and kind of move on, if you'll just put it down on paper, it usually cures it all. Amen. It usually does. But uh, I've started journaling more and more and more and writing about things in my family and this church and just hopes and dreams like that. And I started to get quite a collection of uh, journals. And it's so neat to go back and read and look what life was like. 10 years ago or so, and uh, I went back and read uh, over 10 years ago, around this time of the year, there was somebody in our church who was uh, very, very sick. His name was Bill Jones, and some of you may remember Brother Bill. He's passed away now, but I just feel to tell you, because I was reading in my journals, I'd forgotten, it's been a few years since I mentioned this, I'd forgotten about something that God did for Brother Bill Jones. It was when I was still youth pastor of this church. He had become very, very sick, a very, very serious condition with his liver and other organs of his body. And that year, it was in the year 2011, I remember going and seeing him 17 times in the hospital that year. Many of you were praying for him, interceding for him, a very, very serious situation, terminal illness. And I will never forget walking into the hospital room and seeing him deathly sick, He could hardly talk, he could hardly move, and I knew that unless he had a miracle, he would not last, he would not make it. I remember stretching myself over him, not quite like Elijah, 
did to the young boy, or Elisha, excuse me, but I stretched myself over him, and I began to pray and to weep and to plead for his life. Began to ask the Spirit to spare him of this sickness. And the word of the Lord came to me as I was praying for him. And the word of the Lord said, he will not be healed, but he will not die. He will not be healed, but he will not die. And I said, Brother Bill, I got a word for you. And he said, I'm desperate for a word. Tell me. And I said, you ain't going to be healed, but you're not going to die. And I remember him looking at me thinking, what in the world does that mean? And I said, that's the word of the Lord. And I've known the word of the Lord, and to this day, by God's mercy and grace, I've never been off. Because I don't speak my own daydreams or my own imaginations. I only say it if God says it. Amen. If he hasn't said anything, I don't say anything. And that's, how you, that's how it works. And so I went home. We continued to pray, went back and saw him many times in the hospital. And then uh, approaching the holidays that year, I remember driving up here to the church and traffic was backed up for miles down 470 and down 50 highway. And I remember thinking, what in the world is going on? There has to be some accident. And sure enough, after being in traffic for 45 minutes to an hour, finally got up here to the church at View High Drive. It was a horrible accident, a fatality. A man on a motorcycle had been tragically, tragically killed. I got in, up here to the church, got into the office, and it went about 15 minutes later, somebody from Bill's family called and said, as you know, Bill has been on the liver uh, transplant, the liver donor list, and it, we never thought he could get one. And his life was coming down to the very end, but she said, we got a re report. We heard that somebody was actually just killed on a motorcycle, and they were an organ donor, and that's the liver that Billy is going to get. And he got that liver, and he lived many years after that. Praise God. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord for that. Amen. And I tell that story to tell you this. In one word, there were two things that were spoken. One word, two things were spoken. You will not be healed, but you will not die. That's how God's word works. Anytime it is written, anytime it is spoken, anytime it's revealed, church, there's never just one thing going on there. But there's multiple volumes that are happening there at that moment. The psalmist said, Psalm 62, God spoke once, but two things came out of that saying, that all power belongs to him and that he is merciful. You think about that. God has the power with his very words to end all of creation, but he won't do it because he is merciful. He has power to judge us even to the death, but he doesn't do it because he is so merciful. He is enthroned in his mercy. You think about that. He's up there on the throne, the judge of all the earth, but he is so merciful. He's got the power to do it, but he chooses not to do it because his mercy is new every morning. Every word from God, there is something strong, but then there is also something loving. Anytime the word of God is spoken, there is always truth, but there is an element of compassion with it. Praise the Lord. He said, you're not going to be healed, but you're not going to die. Praise the Lord. I'm trying to tell you tonight 
that whatever God has been speaking to you, whatever he has been showing you, whatever you have been discerning, it may not all make sense. That's because you're just simply looking at it from one meaning. But God is saying tonight, my word, everything that I've said to you, everything that I've confirmed to you, there's not just one volume, but there are volumes to it. There are series to it that's being unfolded. It didn't just begin tonight. Oh, no, it's been going on for years. It's continuing tonight. It's going to keep unfolding for years to come. That is the volumes of God's word. The story of when Jesus was in Gethsemane, the Bible says that they came to him at night, and Jesus even questioned them. I was there with you during the day. Why didn't you take me during the day? But they said, are you Jesus of Nazareth? And the Gospel of John says that he said, I am he. And when Jesus said, I am he, the Bible says that the soldiers all fell backwards. They all fell backwards. You know what's something? Anytime you see in the Bible somebody who's against God, when they fall, they fall backwards. But then you look at Ezekiel and Daniel, anytime they were for God and the presence of God or an angel was so sharp, they always fell forward. If you're going to fall out, fall forward. Amen. (laughs) But if you want to lay on your back, that's fine and enjoy the presence of God. Praise the Lord. I like it. I like it all. They fell backwards. And then it says in another gospel that when that happened, a young man with linen wrapped around his body came running out of nowhere. You know what I think happened there in that moment? The Garden of Gethsemane to this day is right next to many graves in Jerusalem. And what I think happened there, there was somebody that died maybe a day or two beforehand, and his body was wrapped in linen. You know, they wrapped Jesus' body in linen. That's what they did to the dead back then, wrapped them in linen. When Jesus said, I am he, some fell back, but there was another one, amen, that came to life, praise God. And that is the power of God's word. It never just does one thing, but it always does volumes. It always does a series of things. It happens here at church. Bishop will get up here and preach. The altars fill up. Do you think God is just doing one thing? Oh, no. He's doing something for this person and doing something different for this person and something for this person and that person and somebody up there and somebody back there. It's never just one thing, but his word manifests as volumes. One small thing is doing many things in the hearts of the people. Jeremiah spoke it. He said, God's word, it's like a fire. Meaning once it starts, it starts burning and it'll take over a whole forest. It's like a big hammer that comes up when somebody's hand smites a rock and that rock just explodes. Amen. The word of God has a powerful effect. Not just one small thing, but just boom, something explodes. That's the power of God's word working inside of our lives. Amen. Mm. It's a powerful thing. It's a glorious thing. And it wants to get inside of our mind and our heart and our soul. Praise the Lord. My great uncle, a mighty preacher, Carl Ballestero, he tells a story that he was driving in his car on his way across the state of California to a revival. And as he was driving, thinking about the service and thinking about what he would preach and all of the things going on in a preacher's mind, He said, the Holy Ghost spoke to him and said, stop. 
pull over. And he did, and he waited, and the Lord said, get out your Bible. He reached into his briefcase, pulled out his Bible. God said, get out of the car. He got out of the car. God said, put your Bible on the trunk. And he put his Bible on the trunk. God said, open it up and start preaching. And he thought, this is so strange. I'm here on the side of the road, and cars are going by. Why in the world should I do this? But he was a prophet of the living God. And he began to preach and to teach from the word of the Lord as God commanded him. And after the burden left, he closed his Bible, got in the car, and drove to the revival. He got in there a little early to connect with the pastor and the family and pre-service prayer and maybe had a little dinner or some coffee before service. And at the start of that service, Brother Ballestero got up and he began to preach and he said, Church, I don't know why. I don't know what, I don't know how this happened to me. But he said, on the way to this meeting in my car, the Lord stopped me and said, get out, put your Bible out on the trunk and start preaching. And he laughed. He said, I was, thought it was so silly, but you know, you got to be instant in season and out of season. And I don't know, God just wanted me to preach, and I have no idea why. And when he told that story, a man stood up in the back humbly, and he said, Preacher, I'm the reason that you stopped to preach. He said, what you didn't know while you were preaching there, I was down there in that ditch trying to sleep off a hangover. And he said, I just happened to get a glimpse of your car and a little flyer that was in your window, and I started walking, and I got here to this revival, and I'm here to be baptized, I'm here to repent of my sins, and I'm here to get the gift of the Holy Ghost, amen, because I want to have that Jesus that you preached to me while I was in that ditch, amen. God was doing two things right there. He was trying to test the willingness of a preacher, and he was also, amen, giving a man down there in the ditch who was trying to sleep off, hey man, a binge, trying to get his attention down there in the ditch. That's why sometimes when God moves upon you, you may feel silly. Why sometimes God moves upon us to speak things into our spouse or into our children or doing things up here at the altar. Because you never know, God may be testing you, but also he may be reaching out to somebody, amen, that you have no idea, amen, why you would do what you would do, but they would know what you were doing because God's word speaks so many volumes that we cannot even comprehend. Praise the Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I remember during the lockdown, you know, during the, during the, during the pandemic, and we were having to social distance, and thankfully that is all behind us, but we will never forget it. At least I never will. Hey, man, somebody called the church and said, I've got a disciple we'd like to baptize. Can we baptize him? I said, absolutely. Bring him on up. But this was like in the beginning of it all, and we didn't even know if we could baptize. I mean, even Bishop and I talked. I mean, we might have to speak to them, and they might have to dunk themselves in the water. We never went that extreme to it. But if somebody requested that, we would have. But a lady in this church brought her friend up here to be baptized. And uh, I kept social distance between me and the, the, this lady and her disciple. And um, I remember looking at this newer disciple, and as I was talking to her, she kept looking at me in such a strange way, kept kind of cocking her head and squinting her eye like this. And I thought, well, maybe that's just her mannerisms. And I try not to pay too close attention to those things. But i got to admit, it was kind of unusual, but that was at an unusual time, and unusual was becoming the normal. So I kind of explained to her what we were going to do and things like that, and the lady just kind of looked a little bit confused, but 
But uh, she was ready to be baptized. So her disciple maker took her on back. I stayed out here on the platform and she came down in the baptism robe and, and uh, got ready to be baptized. And her disciple maker was going to baptize her. But before she did, I spoke to that lady about to be baptized. And I said, not only are you going to have your sins washed away, and it just flew out of my mouth. I said, but God is about to heal you physically. You're going to come out of that water physically healed. And we baptized her in Jesus' name. And when she came out of the water, you could see the change on her countenance. You could see the guilt and the shame of sin in this world completely break off of her. But I watched in amazement as she put her hands to her ears and she said, Oh my God, I can hear. She said, I can hear the water. She said, I can hear you, preacher, talking to me. I can hear you talking to me. She said, I can hear. I can hear. I haven't been able to hear for years. God has healed my ears. I watched as God opened the ears of the deaf there in the baptism tank. Praise the Lord. Because God's word speaks volumes. It's never just one thing going on for you. There's multiple things that God is doing inside of your mind, inside of your heart, inside of your body. Praise the Lord. Amen. One person can be getting healed, and while their healing's going on, somebody who's spiritually discouraged can become spiritually encouraged. Amen. Because God wants to do a series and a volume of many, many things inside of our lives. Praise the Lord. We read in 2 Timothy 3. That this book, this scripture, it is inspired of God. It came from God. The same one who spoke everything into existence, he gave us this book. And this book isn't just one thing, but many things. It is profitable for doctrine. Love the doctrine. Amen. When you're teaching Bible studies, when you're making disciples, love them, be their friend, but never be afraid of this doctrine. It is so profitable for doctrine, and this world is hungry, amen, for doctrine. It will give reproof. It will give correction all at once. It will give instruction for righteousness, amen, that you and I may be complete and equipped, amen, to do the work of the Lord. That's the volumes of God's word. It gives inspiration. It provides for us doctrine. It will reprove us. It will correct us. It will give us instruction for righteousness. And it will complete us to be ready to do the work of the Lord. That's the volumes of your Bible that it will give you. Amen. That's why you've got to read it every day. That's why you've got to know it and you've got to understand it. For when you have this book, amen, the volumes of Almighty God will be applied to your life. Can you say praise the Lord? Amen. Amen. If the musicians would please come. When God speaks, it will be the most meaningful thing you have ever heard. Hebrews chapter 4, it says the word of God is alive. It's living. It is powerful. It is sharp. It will pierce through the soul and the spirit. It will even get into your joints and into your marrow. It will discern your thoughts And the intents of your heart. Amen. That's why here in Pentecost. Amen. Amen. We move. We shout. We dance. You know why? Because the word doesn't just touch our souls. It doesn't just touch our spirits. Oh no. But it even moves upon our bones. Amen. And we move. God wants to get into your soul. He wants to get in your spirit. He wants to get in your body. And he wants to get in your thoughts. 
amen, and in your heart. He wants to do volumes inside of your inner man. He wants to create a series with his word in your outer man. He wants to get in your mind, and he wants to get into your heart. Not just one thing, but he wants to do many, many things for you. One small word from this pulpit can change your life forever. One scripture you read tomorrow morning can give you direction. One tongue, one interpretation, amen, can give you clarity of mind and heart to know and to understand the will and the way of the Lord. I'm just simply preaching to you tonight. The reason why you have become overwhelmed sometimes in service is because God is doing so many things you cannot even comprehend it all until months later. Maybe you're wondering why is one part of my life working out so good but the other part isn't. Maybe it's because you're not allowing the word of God, amen, to do volumes for you and to do a series for you and to do many things for you. Amen. If you will open your mind and your heart every time this Bible is preached, every time we sing about it, every time we pray about it, if you will open it up and say, God, do a work in me, do a work in me, do a work in me, amen. That is when God, amen, will begin to do wonders inside of your soul. That's why we have altar calls in this church. You want to have what the preacher's talking about? You want to have the blessings of God in your life? That's why we say amen. Saying amen means let it be done in me. The preacher's up there preaching about healing. You need healing. Don't sit there with your arms full and say amen. (laughs) That's how the healing begins. And when the altar opens, that's a time to come up and to devour, to intake everything that God has preached. Everything, amen, that the word of God has been written about. Everything, amen, that the preacher is up there talking about. It's the opportunity to have it fall upon your life. That's how you get a library of God's word working in your life. Amen. If there's anybody here tonight, you want the word of God to speak volumes inside of you. I invite you to stand with me right now and just raise your hands, amen, to this God, amen, who is not silent, but a God who speaks, a God who wants to talk, a God who loves to talk, a God, amen, who can speak a word over you and the situation can turn around, amen. He wants to put volumes of great things in your life. He wants to establish series, amen, starting from this night for many days to come in your life. Amen. If you're hungry for the word, if you're hungry just for a volume of God to come to your mind, your heart, your soul, and spirit, I invite you to come, amen, and join us around this altar. Amen. Some of you, you're going to hear the voice of God tonight. Some of you, you're going to speak a word, amen, to somebody tonight. Amen. I felt that this morning God said, I'm going to do volumes, volumes, and volumes for my people tonight. Amen. If you're hungry for it, if you want it, amen. Amen, it's yours tonight. Amen, take a step of faith out and get a hold of it. Amen, move out and get a hold of it. Say, God, I'm so hungry for volumes of it. I'm so hungry for series of it, hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I speak your name, Lord, and I speak your blood over your people. And your great word, amen, over every aspect of our life. Amen, Lord, may your word be a library around us of information. May your word, amen, be a catalog, amen, of vision and dreams around our lives. Hallelujah. Amen. Somebody that needs answers, amen, God's got the answer. It's in his word. It's in his word. It's in his word. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Speak volumes to somebody tonight, Lord. Speak volume to somebody tonight. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you for listening to this message. For more content, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at The Life Church KC. Reference the episode notes for more details.